This is a woman who does it all and is the first to tell you that she does it all by not doing it all. Through making choices and using help and building her village, she is living a life she loves. Welcome to the Person Partner Parent Podcast. We're all about pursuing a life where you can be a great parent, enjoy a loving relationship, and chase your own dreams. It's not necessarily about equal balance, but shifting with change and challenges that come before us. It's about discerning what matters and what we need to focus on. I am your host, Nancy Elizabeth. I'm a mom of two small humans and one fur baby. I'm a partner of 15 years and wife of nine. I'm an engineer who didn't want the corporate world, but armed with a love of research, I became a self-improvement enthusiast who has a burning desire to experience life in its fullest. Now I'm ready to take what I've learned, bring in the experts, and help us all figure it out. Let's get started. so excited to introduce you to today's guest. She is a longtime friend of mine who I haven't seen in ages, but she is first off an awesome friend and human being. She is a former military spouse, but still a pilot spouse. She is a mom of three, but very, very soon by the time this airs, she will be a mama of four. She is a Relationship Specialist at the LDS Matchmaker, which is like the Bachelor Bachelorette with LDS style to it. She is also the CEO and co-founder of Mommy Protein and Prenatals for Women. Guys, this is excellent. We'll talk about it. And the Vice President of Marketing for Freshlime. So this girl is getting it all done. And so without further ado, I want to introduce to you Miss Erin Schertz. Hi, Erin. Hello, Nancy. I'm so happy to be talking to you today. This is awesome. I'm so glad you came on. We were just saying it has been ages since we've talked. Too long. Yeah, Way too it's long. been a while. So we we met when our husbands, then boy, your boyfriend, were in the same unit in the military. Yeah. And then I was at your wedding, which was fun. I know. Gosh, I can't believe it's almost been eight years. Yeah, How it just flies. Yeah, and then we flew to Atlanta when both of our alma maters were playing football against each other, which was so much fun. By the way, that was one of my highlights of my time in San Diego. Is oh my when goodness, we went on that trip. <laughs> that was a lot of fun showing you around Atlanta. <laughs> um, I think my team lost, but it's okay. Well, they always lose. And <laughs> then I was around when JoJo was born. But after that, the military took us in separate directions. That's right. And you've done quite a bit since then. Do you want to catch us oh, up on yes. what's going on? Yeah, gosh, it was, I guess we met in 2012, probably, San Diego time. And then 
me, my first introduction to the military, I had never had a background in military. And then I met my husband, we married within six months. So it was a very quick courtship, but we were 32 and really knew what we wanted, I think was the difference and married quickly. And then he was deployed a couple of years after we got married to Hawaii or no, he was deployed. And then we moved after that to Hawaii for an assignment. He deployed there um, and then we moved to Texas after he got home from that deployment. And he was a flight instructor in Texas. And actually it's been about exactly a year when he found out that he had been hired by Southwest Airlines. So we planned on staying in Texas for a while. Um, God had other plans and we quickly found ourselves in Las Vegas, Nevada. So we've moved quite a bit since we got married. We've had three kids, like you said, almost four. And this is the first one that he'll actually be home for. Um, oh my goodness. The first six months. He made it to all the births, I should say, but left within a week to 10 days after they were all born for six months. So this is the first one he's going to experience all that newborn stuff. So I'm that really, really crazy. excited. Plus the whole coronavirus shutdown, he's actually really going to experience it. <laughs> yeah. So oh, it's goodness. Great. Well, here's hoping we're back in the world by then. Oh my goodness. I can't believe Andrew left when my second was 10 days old. And I thought about you because I knew Seth had left almost every single time right after you gave birth and just how strong you were. You're awesome, mama. It's well, you're so nice. It, it's hard. The first one, Jojo, when our husbands were deployed together, that one was definitely um, the hardest, but I moved in with my family, which was a huge, huge, huge help. And then after that, it was just me and my babies. So that was a lot different, but it's been great. Well, I've always loved how you prioritize family. Um, I think that we were similar in that we both always wanted to be a mom, that that was something that we just knew from an early age that that was where we wanted to go in life. But I want to ask you, what was your yeah. transition like from being an independent career woman to a mom? Because I, even though I wanted it, was unexpectedly struggling with it. And it was harder for me than I thought. What was it like for you? Oh, I can 100% relate to that. I've always wanted to be a mom. In fact, I never wanted the career. And then I graduated, you know, when you're when you're um, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, which I am, you typically get married really young and start a family. And um, a lot of women are working these days. But back when I was graduating from college, it was more common to become a wife and settle down and be a stay-at-home mom. But I, of course, didn't meet my husband for 10 years um, after I graduated from college. And so I took a career path that was really interesting to me and unexpected, and I ended up loving it. I'm so glad that that's how things turned out for me, but it wasn't part of my plan. So I, I still wanted a family. That was still my number one priority, but until you meet the right person, it's just not something that falls into place. So when I finally did meet the right person and we got married pretty quickly, two months after we got married, we got pregnant with my first, um, I thought I would probably stop working and be a stay-at-home mom because I had always planned that my whole life. But it was really, really, really hard for me to do that. And I found for me, I didn't feel 
complete for me. Um, and I needed something, uh, there's been times when I've actually lamented that and wished that I could be the person that didn't feel like I needed an outside work influence in my life. Um, cause I, I never had pictured myself in that role. My mom stayed home, never worked. It was what I always saw. I loved that. I loved my parents' relationship and how she was a mother to me, but I was just different. And so it was a very difficult transition. Yeah, I can definitely resonate with that because I just always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. My mom had modeled that so well for me, and I found myself just missing my career in ways I didn't imagine. But I also... I also liked being a stay-at-home mom. So now it's been kind of mitigating how to kind of do both and not overwhelm myself, right? Because it's a ton of work. I mean, both jobs are a ton of work. It's true. And it's hard. I There's a message out there that I think can be confusing to a lot of women and make them feel inadequate. And that is you can do it all because then you feel like a failure when you feel like you're failing at different things. And I don't believe that. I think that you have to prioritize and compartmentalize life and the different buckets that you have. Um, Because you're working doesn't mean that you're a bad mom, but you need to take care of the children and what they need while you're working. And then you're doing great. So it's the definition and the perspective that is getting skewed for a lot of women in this new modern reality that we're part of. Um, But it's just... It's how you manage it, I think, is the most important thing and not beating yourself up, you know, when you don't feel like you're excelling in every single area. I think if anyone says that they are, they're they're not really being truthful because we all feel, you know, like we want to be all things at all times. And it's just not possible, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. I think sometimes the rhetoric kind of becomes like, well, if you're just more efficient and if you just wake up earlier, you know, you can. And it's like, well, maybe that's not the right way to be going about it. Maybe there's another way to be thinking about it. Totally. Yeah. Maybe redefining the definition of a successful life for you and what works for you um, is the way to do it. And it's going to be different for every person. Exactly. Yeah. We all have the things that we like to lean into more than others and what brings us joy and happiness. So what does that look like for you managing the kids and your job? Did you bring in help to the home? Have you had family for help the whole time? What has that kind of looked like for you? It's been an evolving situation. So I learned quickly after my first was born, she slept so much that I was able to get stuff done while she was sleeping and without skipping a beat. Then when I had two, I it was way harder because the toddler was all over the place, even when my newborn was sleeping. So at that stage, I started bringing in help. And that for me, that looked like a babysitter slash nanny, someone who was consistently coming in. And that was a hard sacrifice because financially we were used to being able to do it all and not have to sacrifice money to someone to take care of the kids. Um, and it it took about a month for me to get over that. And then I was like, oh, this is great. Why haven't I been doing this the whole time? And it ended up, I was able to have more output with work and less time. 
And so financially, it actually worked out better. And if I look back at my financial growth path after being married and having kids and working and doing the mom thing and all of it, I have done way better financially after I hired a nanny um, than I did before I did that. And I, I am more sane as well. And there's so many great... I actually, when we moved to Hawaii, found a nanny on care.com. That was such a great resource for those that are looking for one and might be in a new area or maybe you just don't know where to start. Um, there's always great people on there uh, willing to, you know, be interviewed or trialed or whatever to make sure that they're a good fit for your family. That's a great way to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that was key in me getting sanity back and feeling like I could manage everything and being able to do it in less time so I could spend more time with my kids too. Yeah. Ultimately, that's what we're trying to do is be able to pursue both and have that balance. We found our nanny on care.com too. She's in the other room <laughs> right now with the kiddos and we're really grateful for her, but I had to make yeah, a financial risk. I told my husband, I was like, I can't promise I'm going to make money for a bit. I might not for a year or two. And I just need you to invest in this and let me grow in this way. And let's take this chance. So fingers crossed. And it does pay off. It it totally does. It just, you have to be able to sacrifice to gain. I mean, it's like anything in business, right? If you're in business or have been, you, you need to spend money to make money. So that's one thing that you have to have a conversation with your partner about, especially if you're not used to that sacrifice um, when you have kids, especially that you have to be able to spend money to make money. And um, it's a faith. I think for me, being a person of faith, it's a faith factor, you know, just being able to trust that that will happen. Have you always worked from home or are any of your positions, did, do you have an office space that you work in? So I have a home office space, but I've always done it from home since I was married. So when I got married, I was already working remotely for a company in New York City, and I was living in Los Angeles um, at my husband, who was in San Diego. And so I was already used to that. And I will say for those that are trying to figure out a stay-at-home position, sometimes it's easy to think that there's like only a certain amount of positions that are like that, or you have to do a search for remote or virtual or whatever. But I will tell you in my experience, if you do an awesome job for your employer and you just really kill it at work and do a great job, em employers don't want to lose good employees. So if your job can be done remotely, they will be, most of them are very flexible these days with technology and you're able to do that. So don't get discouraged if you find a job and it's not remote at first. I think now, now that coronavirus has forced a lot of work from home situations, employers will be more, I guess, uh, willing because they've experimented with it now because they've had to, to let people work from home. If you're efficient, if you communicate, if you let them know what you're doing and you provide good work, it's usually not an issue. And it's been a huge blessing for us just because, you know, being a military wife and not knowing where I'll be, I've always had steady employment, no matter where we are with the same companies. So you just have to be willing to be as present remotely as you are in the office when they can actually see you working. Yeah. And that's such a good, interesting point. Like you said, with everything going on right now, there's a whole lot of people doing that for the first time and really trying to establish that yeah. 
because it's not always easy. Um, especially if you can still hear your littles every once in a while, there's something I hear and I try to stay focused. It's hard. I know you have to kind of let the nanny do their thing and not get too involved. Um, but yeah, it's a great blessing. I've actually been known to hide in my closet. That's like the furthest I can get. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's great for recording podcasts it. as well, but I will legitimately sit on the floor in my closet with a cup of coffee. Oh, <laughs> I love that. that. I've done that in the food pantry before. <laughs> well, it's funny, like now that I can't really have a babysitter here because of coronavirus as well, mm-hmm. and a lot of them don't want to come around. I haven't had a nanny since this whole thing started. And so the days when my husband's working, I and my coworkers are in the same boat at Fresh Lime, one of the companies you mentioned. They're a lot more forgiving when kids are screaming in the background. But I've also hidden before when I'm on a really important call and I need to hear, I'll go in the food pantry and shut the door and be like, that's it. I need to focus. So there's been moments like that for sure. Oh, goodness. The things we do. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. So what was it like... <laughs> What was it like um, transitioning for you from one to two and then multiple kids? Like what was the hardest transition? Were they, was it hard or was it all pretty like, oh, I expected this much work. It's not so bad. You know, it's so funny. I always expected it to get harder as you add more. For me, it probably was also personality driven. My third was such a good kid. She slept through the night almost immediately. She's so easygoing and hardly cried. So I was expecting that to be my hardest and that was my easiest. My second, my boy is extremely hard, never slept, total troublemaker, still is. It's, he's so, I love him so much, but he's a hard one. And that one was the hardest for me was one to two, but I think it was because of him being more challenging as an individual than the number. So I think it depends. I really do. And because Sophie, my third has been so great. I I really think that's why we're doing number four (laughs) and we'll be done after this. Like we're for sure shutting up shop, but um, (laughs) she's, and that's official. That'll be, that will be a, um, surgery that I have in my C-section that I'm having in two weeks. So for sure we're done. But um, I probably only had a fourth because she was so great and it was manageable. That's good. I remember the transition to one for me was just from none to one was kind of world changing. And then the, the early stages with one to two were really hard. And now that they're older and can play together, it's like, okay, this is actually easier than just one, I think. It totally is. No, it is. I mean, when, when they have, cause they're cut, we live by their cousins now when they have cousins over, I actually like that because they play and they do their thing and I can get stuff done and still be present. So I agree. Multiples can be good. So how have you, you're so, you're working at two or three different companies in leadership roles. You're an awesome mom. I know you're a wife who invests in your marriage and in your faith. How have you found time to take time for yourself, to nurture yourself in all of this? So, oh, this is so hard. I take baths a lot. It relaxes me. It's my time. I will, you have to figure out how you can fit that, like whatever it is that relaxes you or it makes you happy, fit that in. So 
my pregnancies are always really difficult physically and I'm not able to work out the whole time. That's usually an outlet for me right now. It's not. So I have a long time and I take a bath and I have my husband watch the kids and I take as long as I need. And that usually helps re reset for me. Um, because my free time, if you want to call it free is often filled with work. But I also find that it's important for me to have work that I really enjoy. And I'm at this point in my life where I wouldn't do a job just for money because it, to me that, and I know some people are in a position where you have to do that and I can understand and appreciate that, Absolutely. but I won't do something just to make money anymore because that's my free time too. Um, in a lot of cases, because I do have a lot of different things going on. So I try to enjoy and make sure that I am enjoying the things that I do for work so that I don't feel like I need, you know, trips all the time or, you know, trips to the spa all the time. Cause I don't have time to fit that in as much as I would normally like to. So that way work doesn't feel like such a chore and it feels like an edifying experience most days. Yeah. Well, I think the, from looking and knowing you from what I know, it really does seem like you're choosing things that are in line with your heart, which is really awesome. Yeah, I try to. And another thing that I've seen you do is that no matter where you've moved, I mean, you went from San Diego to Hawaii to Texas. Now you're in Nevada, but every time you go somewhere, you've just really plugged into a community really well. And I think that's something so many of us miss and struggle with, and especially as military wives, we do move all the time and have to recreate that. So do you have any advice to anyone out there, like how to engage your community? Yes. Oh my gosh. So much. I think church has been a huge thing that's helped me. So finding a church, if you're spiritual and religious, um, that's just been huge. And then in Texas in particular, I just tried to get involved in any group that I could. So yeah, I am an LDS person, but I was going to the Baptist church to their mops group. I was going to other religious organizations. To me, it didn't matter. And luckily they didn't mind either that I was of a different religion. So that was awesome and helped so much to help introduce me to different community organizations. And then I love Facebook for the groups that now can be there in your communities and your neighborhoods. I love farmers markets. So I always find out where they are right when I move somewhere and I go and I meet people and I get to know the local vendors and the local shops and what makes that community whole. Um, I love that. And I just find that for me, the little effort it takes to go and do something like that is not only good for me, but my kids too. And they see the world around them more. It's been really hard for us to be shut in, I think right now, because we're used to getting out and doing stuff. But it in Texas, especially, I just, you know, everyone complained about Corpus Christi and how awful it is <laughs> like all the time. I remember when I found out I was moving there, I had a friend from college who lived there. She wasn't military even, which is crazy because there's a lot of military there. Sorry, Texas. <laughs> I know. No, Corpus. I love, there's so many great things about Texas, but Corpus gets a bad rap. And I said to her, oh, I'm moving to Corpus. I'm so excited. And she's like, well, I'll tell you a little bit about the town. We're known for three things, obesity, teen pregnancy, 
And oh, what was the other one? Like something else that was like not very desirable. Obesity, teen pregnancy, and something else. Maybe poverty. I don't know. And so I was like, oh, that sounds fun. And I remember getting there and I'm telling you, that was the hardest place to leave because I felt so plugged into the community there in every different area. And so, and it's an amazing place. It's a beautiful place. And so I think it's what you put into it is what you find. Cause there's exactly. lots of people that complained all the time, but I never saw that. I never saw that. In fact, I, it was the opposite for me. So yeah, I try to do that everywhere I go. It's been actually harder in Vegas, to be honest, because I've been so pregnant. We moved right during the holidays. So I'm actually very excited to get to that next stage where I can get out and be more active because it makes a big difference in your life. For me, it yeah. has. Oh my goodness. And with everything going on right now, yeah, you're going to have to, I guess, oh, wait a couple more weeks. No, we'll see so we can get out <laughs> and find each other again. That's what we have a little cul-de-sac and it's the first time we've had like a community like this with younger families and older families and we've all kind of been wrapping our arms around each other. And it's just, it feels to me like something out of a movie or something my grandparents would have talked about because it's just- Yes, I had that in Corpus. That was exactly the same thing. I felt like I was walking back into an older time, but it's so valuable and it's so wonderful. The relationships just will last forever. So I highly recommend getting out of your shell and doing that more. And that's what we need. We need our tribe to help us and, and get us through. From hiding in the pantry to engaging her community in the farmer's markets, I hope you're enjoying and relating to this conversation. We're going to continue with the second half in two weeks, but until then, I'll put all the links to everything mentioned in the show notes. If you would please write a review, subscribe, and set your notifications so you don't miss out on future episodes, including the second half of this interview with Erin, that would be awesome. And you can always find me on Instagram at Elizabeth. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great day.